Welcome to the Downey Patriot Podcast, sponsored by Labrie Management. My name is Eric Pierce, editor of the Downey Patriot. Our guest today is Downey Councilmember and former Mayor Claudia Formetta. Councilmember Formetta was elected to the City Council in 2018, pre-COVID, and she's hit the ground running. We have a lot to talk about today, including the pandemic, new developments in Downey, and Councilmember Formetta's plans for the future. Thank you, Councilmember Formetta, for joining us today. Thank you, Eric. It is always a pleasure uh, to see you, and I am really looking forward to our time together today. Thank you. So for those who may not know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, I have, I'm a resident. I've been a resident of Downey for over 30 years. Uh, I am an immigrant uh, of uh, Juarez, Mexico. Uh, my husband, Novaris, and I uh, met in high school, at Warren High School. We are high school sweethearts. We've been married for 25 years and we have four children, uh, all raised in the beautiful city of Downey. Uh, my background is I'm a former newspaper publisher and journalist. Uh, that is my previous life. Uh, over the past 16 years, I have been in the healthcare industry, uh, working uh, with uh, uh, now with uh, Kaiser Permanente uh, as a national uh, emergency management uh, team uh, member. And I am uh, thrilled to be part of this community. Um, it's it's been a joy to see Downey grow and see the dynamics of this community change over the years. I attended. Uh, East, uh, excuse me, West Middle School, now Stafford, and then further uh, Warren High School. Very nice. And how did you find yourself in Downey? You said you're an immigrant. When did you arrive in Downey? My parents, uh, Eric, actually my grandfather on my mother's side uh, was from Chicago and he traveled uh, for business and he found himself in a border town in Texas, uh, Juarez, where he met a lovely lady, uh, <laughs> my grandmother, uh, married her and uh, years later, of course, we, through him, we were able to um, get residency uh, or, or a residence status and in the mid 80s, uh, my family uh, immigrated legally mm -hmm. <laughs> to to the United States and we found ourselves in Downey uh, my father at the time was a medical doctor and my mother a uh, uh, history uh, middle school teacher and uh, they came to the United States uh, seeking a better life for their children um, my father had done a lot of research about uh, Southern California and really liked Downey because of uh, Downey having its own school district and its own police and fire. So we came in the 80s uh, as a family of six. Very nice. Before you were on the city council, I you know, we knew each other. Uh, you were very active in the community and you were, you were a volunteer. When did you decide that you wanted to serve on the city council? That's a great question, uh, Eric. Uh, as I've mentioned, I'm, I'm a mother of four. Uh, my oldest now is in graduate school and my youngest uh, is a freshman in high school at Downey High. And throughout uh, my children's upbringing, uh, I've always been a working mother. Um, I participated in various activities uh, throughout our time raising our family, uh, GJAA, and of course the Razorbacks as my son played with them, um, the Assistance League of Downey. Uh, I was a member for a period of time with the Gypsy Johnson Auxiliary. And so I, I knew Downey uh, 
uh, in Downey Strengths, uh, we were really involved with our church. Uh, my husband for a period of time was deacon, and I taught Sunday school uh, for m many years, for about 10 years. And I believed that in order for us to, to continue to um, support our community, it was important to serve in, in some other fashion. And I decided to run for District 4, uh, which is the Northeast side, uh, when my predecessor, uh, Fernando Vasquez, was going to be terming out. Uh, I felt that it was an opportunity and also an obligation to serve the residents. Having been uh, a resident uh, for, at the time, for you know, over 25 years, that it was time to uh, make sure that our Downey continued to be in good hands. <laughs> mm. Was your family supportive of, of your decision to run? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. As I said, my husband and I, we've been together for 31 years, 25 years married, and we love Downey. Um, if, if my family had not supported me, um, if my husband, if of course my children were, were a little younger uh, a few years ago, if they had not been on board, that is something that I, I would not have considered. Um, certainly getting into, uh, into politics and certainly getting into uh, serving uh, our city in a different capacity and local government, uh, it really takes um, a different type of engagement from from uh, the candidate and, and also the family and so they they really encourage me because we we know Downey we love Downey and we want to make sure that Downey continues to be the strong community it's been so you were elected to the city council at not not long after this pandemic came along and it's very interesting because of your background at Kaiser and in healthcare it seems like it was good timing for you to be on the city council. Did, did your background in healthcare help you as a council member and later as mayor? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think <laughs> um, looking back, you know, I, I became a mayor pro tem on uh, the tail end of 2019. Uh, and of course, into 2020, uh, I served as mayor pro tem. And just uh, last year, I ended my term as mayor. And there has never been a time uh, in the history of our world where we have faced such a challenging time. Um, we faced historic times. Never in our lifetime had we faced a pandemic. And, and certainly my background in, in healthcare allowed me to have really a front row seat at what was happening um, really hour by hour. Uh, my husband has been also in healthcare for the past uh, over 25 years as well. And, and we both happen to work for the same company. And, and we, um, from, an, from a national uh, emergency management and disaster response perspective, um, I, I assisted and I continue to assist uh, a regional command center for Southern California in terms of uh, logistics and response and communications. So I, I know exactly what is happening from A through Z. And that allowed me to, um, you know, without violating, you know, any privacy issues and, and violating any, you know, company information, but it allowed me to have a really good understanding at the dynamics that, that were coming and that we were facing. And, and again, local municipalities uh, across the country, you know, certainly across the world, but across the country, and, and certainly here it was true for Downey, we were facing um, the most unprecedented, the most challenging time ever. And, and it allowed me to um, be um, 
be more, uh, of course, thoughtful, but also um, be more proactive rather than reactive because I could see things coming and I, I was able to then um, share uh, information, uh, again, without violating my company's uh, trust, share information with um, with our mayor uh, at the time when I was vice mayor and, and really plan a better strategy for our city and be able to communicate with our residents uh, in a way that uh, was timely. Uh, one of the things that I, I did as mayor in 2021, as, as things continued to be volatile and, and uncertain and, and they changed so quickly, uh, I was able to reach out to physicians uh, both at Kaiser Permanente Downey and at PIH and really get their input um, so that, again, it wasn't just a politician talking, um, but we had the local uh, medical experts uh, discussing and, and giving information to our community as to what was pertinent and, and the information that was clear uh, and concise. Mm -hmm. Downey is a real medical hub with Kaiser and PIH and Rancho. So was that beneficial then to the Downey community? Absolutely, Eric. Um, I think Downey, um, you know, being the 11th largest city in LA County, uh, Downey really benefited. Uh, our Downey residents have benefited greatly uh, by having three strong uh, medical centers. Uh, yes, we have the county um, in, in its world-renowned uh, Rancho Los Amigos Rehabilitation Center, but then we also have the two other 911 receiving facilities, uh, Kaiser Permanente Downey and PIH. And, and by having that, it of course allows us to to take care of our residents. You know, they, they take care of a, a large service area, but nonetheless, uh, the fact that they're in our community and we have strong relationships and partnerships with them, we were able to um, help and assist our community uh, at a, you know, clo closer. Mm -hmm. Pandemic aside, uh, it was a very active year in Downey still in terms of development and new things happening. How were you able to balance the, uh, both of that? There was a lot happening in Downey last year. There was, there was. And um, I, um, Hmm. <laughs> I, I laugh because it was such an intense year. Um, I don't think I have ever had the level of intensity. Um, and really, I, I was working two full-time jobs last year uh, with, because again, uh, being in emergency and a disaster response and, and being, you know, having the backdrop of the pandemic, uh, my husband and I are working 24-7. Uh, we are always on call. Uh, our phones are never silent. And also from a city perspective, um, the privilege and the honor of serving Downey in the capacity as mayor, I really wanted to make sure that the goals that I, I had set forth um, in my mayor pro tem year, um, coming into the mayoral year, would move forward. Um, and I, um, I made sure that I, I continued in close contact um, with, of course, uh, the city manager, the staff, and that I continue to listen to the needs of the residents um, in terms of development, in terms of uh, making sure that even in the midst of, um, we saw the lockdowns uh, 
hurt our business community in 2020. And and even coming um, a year ago now, uh, January of 2021 was, was one of the deadliest months for LA County in terms of the pandemic. And we were still navigating through those closures. In fact, um, coming into my mayoral year, January through you know June, we still had um, our, our council chambers was really close to the public. Uh, it wasn't until the middle of June that we opened our council chambers fully. And so uh, back to your question, I know I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm digressing a little bit, but uh, we allowed or we helped 400, uh, over 480 businesses open in Downey in 2021. So I think that is really significant. Um, still navigating through um, the, the state and county um, uh, the guidelines and all of the changing things that we did, we were able to assist uh, open 400, over 480 businesses. That's incredible that 480 businesses would choose to open in Downey during a pandemic. I think that says a lot about our community. Absolutely. Um, and again, I think that that uh, over the years, Downey has um, stood out in, in the southeast as a community that has strength uh, financially um, because of our stability. And, and certainly we have uh, one of the highest bond ratings. Double A rating is, is really significant and not many communities achieve that. And that then uh, provides investors that certainty that Downey is a community that they want to invest in because it has a solid, um, you know, solid reputation and, and solid financial stability. Looking back, what is your proudest accomplishment as mayor? Oh my goodness, Eric. <laughs> um, you know, I have, I, I want to say I have three. Um, and I know that I should just narrow it down to one, but um, three really. Uh, one, the thing I'm, I'm always focusing on, or I focus uh, as an elected official on the financial stability of our community. Uh, again, looking at the pandemic and looking at, you know, 2022, we're still dealing with tremendous positivity rate. But what was my biggest accomplishment in 2021? Um, I have three. Number one, um, being able to officially uh, refinance our CalPERS uh, obligations and and going from um, 67.1% uh, to 85% um, that's increasing our city's pension funding um, and that gave us a savings of 55 million dollars the city had never refinanced its pension obligations before uh, but again the pandemic and and the things that we saw it was almost the, the perfect storm uh, with low financial rates and uh, secondly uh, as we looked at, you know, having been a Downey resident for over three decades, I really looked at uh, what are we doing with the Valti building? <laughs> um, I I like um, and I, I appreciate the history of Downey um, being the, the birthplace of the Apollo systems and seeing that that building has been vacant and, and deteriorating for years. Um, I really pushed and, and I appreciated the council uh, for supporting this and in that I have named that a legacy project because as you know mayors only have the one-year term as mayor and you know we rotate but I really wanted to push it really go forward and and the staff continues uh, to look at um, getting that building 
to to uh, become the home of our STEM programs, the incubator program, and uh, continue to to have uh, the, for the city to have um, to own that you know that building and and redevelop it. And, and I'm sorry, don't mean to interrupt, but and also maintaining that historical. Uh, element to it, right? Because that's it makes it difficult to use that building because mm-hmm. of its historical elements. Exactly, exactly. So we continue to work on that, Eric. And lastly, um, also installing. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in in taking care of our planet Earth. Um, we are seeing just a lot of uh, changes in our environment. And again, I see it firsthand from a disaster response perspective. Uh, California has, wildf- you know, our wildfires are now year round. It's not wildfire season anymore. And so uh, looking at the city, um, so it was so historic to have the city install solar panels, um, and that is that project continues to move forward. Uh, installing s- solar panels in all of our city facilities that will reduce the city's carbon footprint, and and I think those three uh, were really my main accomplishments. Absolutely, you know another issue that's that Downey, not just Downey but the entire region and state has been dealing with is homelessness. Can you talk a little bit what Downey has been doing to uh, address the homeless issue? Absolutely. You know, Eric, um, during since I got elected, I, I often um, get emails from the community regarding um, transient activity in different parts of town. Um, it's no secret. I I I've made you know I've. Uh, inform the community that I uh, often make rounds uh, at different parts of the day and night uh, to look at different parks and different areas to look at, you know, for safety uh, and see where we are. Regarding homelessness, um, it is important for us as a community to think about, to, to stop thinking not in my backyard anymore. Uh, we need to stop the NIMBYs mentality because that impacts, you know, right now we have seen an increase in transient activity in our community. And we need to be able to come to terms uh, and be proactive about it. We have been, uh, during my mayoral year, um, I had conversations with the county uh, as far as what we can do, what projects we can collaborate on to make sure that moving forward there is a significant uh, county land and we need to uh, be proactive and, and strategize to have a, a plan in place uh, whether is uh, a homeless shelter and I know that scares people that is not something that our community necessarily wants to hear but we need to be proactive and not reactive. And, and I personally do not believe that it's just about providing a bed and, and food. It's got to be wraparound services. Um, a great percentage of the individuals that are experiencing homelessness have addiction uh, issues and have mental issues. And so it's, you know, we can provide beds and, and, and a plate of food all day long, but that is not going to take care of the problem. And so we need to then move forward with with strength and, and focus and look at uh, opportunities to um, potentially have some kind of a shelter with 
wraparound services. And I think that will be uh, the direction that we we go into. Now, um, before the end of 2021, uh, we also, we did partner uh, with uh, the county in providing showers uh, and, and the project is called Hope, you know, Showers of Hope. And these trailers are um, parked on the riverbed off of a telegraph and are providing showers to our transient community. And, you know, that is important for us. Uh, I think that we need to be proactive, as I said, and not reactive. And, and I know I may get probably a lot of comments um, after this, but we need to, we need to as a community, think about homelessness uh, in a different way. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing Downey today? Hmm. <laughs> um, the biggest challenge facing Downey today is is political strife and the unfortunately we are seeing and i think this is this is true for communities around us um and again across the country which is a very uh alarming thing is is the fracturing um of councils um councils that in local municipalities are becoming uh, increasingly partisan and i as i have said it before and I will continue to say it, our streets, our sewers, and our lights are not partisan, and we shouldn't be either. And I think that the biggest challenge facing Downey is partisan politics um, permeating our council chambers. And I think that uh, when people uh, lose the perspective and when people, um, elected officials, lose uh, the sense of what we are elected to do. We are, we are elected by district, but yet we don't represent only the district we are elected by. We represent our entire city. And with that said, we need to be able to understand, yes, the changing dynamics of our community and, and look at what is best for all and make sure that we are not um, you know, fulfilling our own personal agendas mm -hmm. and that we are looking at uh, our community as, as a whole community and not allow partisan politics to come into play and, and really cause uh, a divide between all of us. I think that is, is crucial. And as I said, this is happening not just in Downey, but in, in municipalities uh, across, across up and down our state. It's definitely a trend that's happening throughout the state and in the region. Uh, Councilmember, you've spoken in the past about your support of a historical preservation ordinance. Can you speak a little bit about that? Is there anything specific you would like to see in the ordinance? Yes, Eric, and you know, this ordinance, um, of course, having been in Downey for so many years, um, I, I love um, the history of our neighborhoods in, in our community. And of course, um, I was really devastated by, by the loss of some, his, you know, what, what were historic um, buildings, uh, certainly the Cadillac uh, building, right, on, on Studebaker and um, uh, Florence. Florence. And what I would like to see, and I think we need to be very um, strategic how we go about this because uh, historic uh, preservation ordinance the blankets 
you know, that is really broad can be very costly. It can take a lot of time because then we have to bring in preservationists and they really need to study, you know, entire neighborhoods. So what we what I would like to see to be able to push this forward um, quickly mm-hmm. in, in, in Q1 of this year mm-hmm. is to start by selecting certain um, certain um, buildings and and then grow uh, that preservation program so that because what we what we've seen before and this is something that was brought uh, brought up even back in 2015 by uh, former council member Alex Saab he also you know brought this up uh, in this was several years ago and again um, there's always the two schools of thought you know homeowners that feel that you know, if they have a historical home, you know, they feel that, you know, that would be an overreach or, you know, they may not be able to do certain repairs or expansions to their home if their home then is deemed uh, historical. And so we, we have to be careful, but at the same time, um, I want to be able to push it forward. Uh, first, by identifying certain uh, buildings and in in moving, in moving, presenting a uh, conservation program um, forward, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's been a lot of talk about it over the past decade at mm-hmm, least, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's never seemed to really go anywhere. So it'll be interesting to see how much traction that gets and how far you can take it. Yes, well, no, and, and that's why I think um, I, I want to start by identifying certain things first and, and push it that way, because if we, uh, select certain neighborhoods, per se, let's say, then we need to bring in uh, conservation uh, experts and then they'd have to do an entire inventory of certain areas. And so it's it's a very lengthy and costly process. And I, I certainly don't want to be talking about this again, you know, a year from now. I do want to get traction and I do want to uh, get somewhere. And I think um, I do have the council support in, in getting something done uh, sooner rather than later. <laughs> council member, you mentioned the increasing uh, partisan politics. As you know, local politics can get very ugly sometimes. Do you ever regret serving on the city council? Do you ever regret running? Eric, that is a very good question. Um, I, I, I do not regret um, serving this community. We love Downey. Um, this is this is home. Uh, we all, we all, uh, those of us that have been part of this community for many years, we understand this community. Um, I think what what may be regrettable um, is the way um, the current um, the current climate has gone. Um, as far as attacking our families. And I think that is something that is, has, was never seen uh, in this community. Um, Downey has always been this, this bedroom community. And, and by no means is this community perfect. Uh, and there's always opportunities for growth and improvement, absolutely. But when you see uh, individuals uh, attacking uh, this community that have never been a part of any 
community organization, and we have over 30 <laughs> that have never been active and involved members in this community through any church. And we have dozens and dozens of churches. In fact, uh, Downey has the most number of churches per square mile um, than you know cities around us. So when you have individuals that are not part of this community, that uh, and I hate to call them newcomers, um, I've I've talked to individuals that you know have been here for six months or maybe a year, maybe a handful of years, but have never been truly involved and um, are, are part of the division and the hatred. Uh, I think that that is, um, that is really unfortunate. Um, so I, I don't regret, I absolutely don't regret running, um, but what is regrettable is this new wave of attacks to council members and council members' families. I think that is a new low and that is a new ugly um, dynamic that we have to now, unfortunately, navigate through. Families, in my opinion, families should always be left out of it. And uh, that's, I'm inserting my personal opinion. I agree, it's, it's a new low and it's really unfortunate. Along those same lines, council member, you're, entering a re-election year. So it's, you have the option of running for re-election uh, this fall. So I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh, do you plan to run for re-election? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes and yes, I will run for re-election. Um, I think this city uh, needs uh, continued uh, stability and leadership. And uh, I know that there will be, um, uh, certainly with, a, with uh, another council member terming out, uh, there will be an open seat um, for you know, District 2. And I think we need uh, solid leadership uh, in this city. People that are uh, well um, vetted and individuals that actually um, have best intentions for this community. Uh, people that are educated and that have been part of this community for many years. I think that is important. Uh, when you have individuals with zero education, with zero uh, work experience uh, on our council, um, evaluating uh, a city manager or a city attorney, uh, I know that individuals in our community may not think uh, one vote matters but I do wanna say one vote can make an entire difference in a city. And one election can change uh, the stability of a city uh, to, and, and have a disastrous outcome. Um, I've been working for the last 30 years. Uh, I've been a professional mm -hmm. and, and I think we need, Downey needs individuals that, that have been part of this community. Uh, that understand the dynamics, that understand what is at stake, and most importantly, that have a solid background to be true representatives of all of in this community. Um, we cannot, um, the community, the residents, you know, too much time sometimes is spent uh, paying attention to state or national politics, but the reality is, Local, local governments is where things happen, is where the most uh, damage can be made to our communities, to our neighborhoods. And when we elect uh, the wrong uh, 
individuals that really uh, impacts the communities. And with that, I am looking forward to running for re-election and hopefully uh, if, if my community will allow me to uh, serve them uh, for another four years uh, later this November. Council Member, thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Do you have any outgoing thoughts, closing thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, Eric, thank you for having me. And uh, I just want to tell our community, um, Happy New Year. Uh, we are facing uh, another very interesting uh, beginning of uh, New Year. But I do want to um, let everyone that will be listening to the, this podcast that it is my honor and my pleasure uh, to serve this community. And uh, I'm here to serve everyone. And uh, if they have any thoughts or comments, uh, to please do not hesitate to reach out to me at my office at City Hall. But thank you for having me. Thank uh, you, God Council bless Member. You. Thank you, you too.